This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of What Is the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8 a.m. 8.04. Apologies. Sorry. Slightly late show this morning. Um, for some reason, my laptop did something I've never it's never done before. Literally pressed the button to kind of show the, the slideshow, and it just went up saying this laptop needs to restart. So it's going to be a good day, you can just tell uh, from that. But uh, good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box. I'll be very clear and honest, I'm feeling pretty sensitive this morning. Um, it was, I've had a very good weekend, um, great time with some friends, and uh, yeah, really enjoyable indeed. But uh, I am paying a little bit this morning, but I'm usually one that gets over these things pretty darn quick. So, And a little bit later on this morning, I'll be going to a, a massive water park as well to jump into some very cold water so that is going to be the the remedy for today but uh good morning and uh thank you for joining us drop a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you're new that's the thing about doing a show every single day is that i have to commit to it you know rain or shine and i am committed so i hope that you're hope you're doing well and uh you can appreciate the hard work that goes into making these shows even when perhaps i'm not on the best of forms uh carl good morning to you to johan to tony to blackshine to red star uh matt g kaiser olu josh rob uh olawale uh penny ween louis wesley gunner jake stevie jose good morning to you guys aris silky uh gonna dude hawkwin james good morning to you all and uh yeah i hope that you're Doing good and well. Let's uh, crack on with today's stories, shall we? Still talking in as low a tone as I can because even more sensitive people than me are trying to sleep in the house today. Um, Arsenal are out of the Champions League. Um, Jonas Ardeval's sides were very frustratingly beaten um, by Paris FC in a game in which they will wonder kind of what on earth happened. Uh, it was a really disappointing um result for Arsenal and you know I was following it throughout the day I was out throughout the day with with friends and I was constantly kind of checking for these updates and getting excited with the late equalizers and you know BT and, and Russo getting the goals to keep Arsenal in the tie even though Arsenal should have you know should be winning this game Paris finished third in the uh top French division of women's football last season and uh 
yeah, they came back and they came back and they came back. But in the end, it, it wasn't enough. I mean, if you watch the first goal by uh, Matilda Bourdieu, it's the most bizarre goal I think I've ever seen. Um, it was like the ball comes over from the right-hand side. It hits the, the left-hand post, goes across the goal, um, leaving leaving Zinsberger in absolutely no position whatsoever. And then Bourdieu kind of pops out from around the side of the post and just heads it just over the line. And the goal line technology does its job and counts the goal. It was bizarre, really bizarre. And it felt like from that moment that, you know, Arsenal were just, um, they were just not going to be in it. Um, they were just not going to be it. And for those asking, are Paris FC PSG? No, they're not. Uh, Paris FC are a separate team in Paris. Um, so no, it is not PSG. It was Paris FC uh, that Arsenal were knocked out on penalties by uh, in the first qualifying round of the Champions League. Alessia Russo, Friedemann and missing their penalties. Pate, Kate McCade and Kim Little scoring theirs. Um, and yeah, Paris went on to win 4-2 on penalties after a 3-3 draw. Really, really disappointing. And so Arsenal will not be in the Champions League uh, next season. Um, it's very, very frustrating indeed. I see someone in the chat box saying, why in the title did you not say Arsenal women? The reason being, Arsenal women are Arsenal. Mate. Um, it's as simple as that. Um, thank you. Uh, moving forwards, uh, Tommy Asu absolutely bossed Germany. Um as Havertz started at striker in that game, if you've not been able to catch up on Tommy Asu's performance for Japan yesterday, find some way of doing so. Find some way of doing so because it was absolutely unbelievably good. The tackles, the passing, the consistency, the coverage of the field, the the physicality, the strength that he showed. My goodness me, what a performance from Tommy Asu. Um, if you've not been able to catch it, I'm sure if you go into social media, you'll be able to find a compilation of his contributions to the game in which Japan won 4-1, putting Hansi Flick, even though it was a friendly, um, under some incredible pressure. Um, and, you know, I, was spe- I saw Drew tweeting yesterday, he's a big Germany fan. You know, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, kind of frustration at Hansi Flick and his German side who have not been good during his tenure. So, but Tommy Asu in particular, an amazing, amazing performance from him. Um, really frustrated Kai Havertz for a lot of it, you know, muscled him off the ball, uh, took the ball away from him quite easily. Really, really good performance from him. Havertz, again, playing like a player with absolutely no confidence whatsoever. Really frustrating evening uh, for him. Uh, less frustrating for Alexander Zinchenko, who scored uh, against England in a 1-1 draw in their Euro qualifying game. Um, brilliant result for Ukraine, playing obviously away from home for obvious reasons. And uh, to get that 1-1 draw against an England side, which saw Bakaya Saka hit the bar very late on as well. But amazing for Zinchenko. Um Congratulations to him, and it's a really big point for them as their hopes of, of qualifying for Euro 2024 go on. So, yeah, great moment. Um, really, I really enjoyed watching Andrew Todos's video um, on social media, who was at the game and did some coverage for Sky as well. Uh, he's a fantastic guy, does some really good stuff on Ukrainian football. So, yeah, uh, even as an England fan, it was disappointing to get the draw. I'm fairly comfortable with England knowing they're going to go through because it's England and they always do, but... Uh, a really, really good finish from Zinchenko. Playing in midfield, showing what you can do in that midfield position, showing that we have depth in midfield with him. So, uh, yeah, frustrating that Saka played as much as he did, but 
another good performance, I suppose. Hopefully he gets some rests in their next game against Scotland. We can keep our fingers firmly crossed. Arsenal did confirm that they have indeed con- uh, terminated the contract of Nicolas Pepe. Now, we aren't aware of the financial details about what the agreement was, about if there was any exchanges of kind of money between Trabs and Spore and that. But the word is officially from Arsenal that a termination of Nicolas Pepe's contract is what has brought his time at Arsenal to an end. So we say goodbye to Pepe officially from the club. I know we've been talking about this for the last couple of days or so, but Nicolas Pepe is no longer an Arsenal player. Um, so, yeah, let's let's wait and see uh, what happens in the end with with Pepe's career at Trabzonspor after signing a one-year contract in Turkey. But uh, yeah, I look forward, hopefully, um, to seeing uh, a successful time there. I don't want to wish ill on anyone and hope that he has a really good career in Turkey. So, yeah, there you go. Um, and lastly, uh, Martin Erdegaard uh, is in talks over a new deal with Arsenal. Uh, I reported this quite some time ago, um, two, three months ago, in fact, that talks had begun uh, between the two parties. And uh, Fabrizio Romano tweeting yesterday that those talks are progressing well. Um, I think there's been further suggestions that Ben White is also in negotiations over a brand new contract as well. Hopefully, we get a breakthrough in these talks very, very soon. Um, But uh, yeah, certainly... Uh, Odegaard's uh, new deal will be a, a really big moment, I think, for Arsenal. You know, he has one year left on his deal come the end of the season. It's a, a deal we need to make sure happens. He should be up there with the top earners at the club. You know, we talk about Bakai Saka's on a contract which, with the bonuses, goes up to £300,000 per week. Martin Odegaard should be on similar, if not the same, um, level of contract. For me, is as important to this team as Bakai Saka is, and as our club captain as well, deserves it. So, yeah, really good. Um, talks progressing over that new deal with Martin Odegaard. So very, very exciting indeed. Um, Let's move to part two then and your questions for the next 10 plus minutes right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's go to the Q&A section, shall we, without further ado, um, and we'll get some of your thoughts on some of the things we've talked about, some of the things that we haven't. Uh, I would like to start off by, again, as I ended yesterday's show and doing this partway through the show today, sadly, a lot more people have been discovered to have lost their lives in the devastating earthquake in Morocco. Um, And if anybody watching the show, whoever watches the show, 
has been affected by that horrific disaster. My thoughts are with you and your family and friends and hope that you come through this period because I'm sure it's going to be very, very difficult indeed. But uh, yeah, very, very sad what's going on out there. I'm sure there's a lot of Arsenal fans um, out in Morocco that are affected by this situation and I've got friends and family that are as well. So uh, yeah, very much, hopefully, uh, you can come through this period in the best possible way. Uh, Kenny says, Pepe gone, is this a mistake? No, uh, is the simple answer to that question. Absolutely not. We've got no need for Pepe. Um, Reese Nelson is ahead of him. Samuel Smith-Rowe would be ahead of him, even at right wing. He's in no way in the plans. Um, Fabio Vieira is ahead of him at right wing. No way is in the plans at Arsenal in whatever shape or form. Um, and it's certainly the right decision that he was moved on. Was never right for Arsenal. Had a good first season but just never fit what Arteta wanted. And uh, it's certainly the right decision that we've now moved him on. Um, Green Weather, uh, talking about Havertz, says his movement is slow, his positioning is out, his dribbling is almost non-existent, his touch is waywards. And all of those things can be attributed to the confidence. Um, And that certainly is what I'm looking at when I watch Havertz as a player with no confidence whatsoever. And I'm hoping that he gains that confidence very soon because football is a ruthless sport. And if you can't find your way quickly, you know, very quickly does the pressure start to build up. And football fans are fickle. I mean, look at the way in which they've treated Fabio Vieira in his first season. And now look how they're talking about Fabio Vieira this season. That is the way of the world of football. So, yeah, he needs to find some confidence and form and hopefully he will and I'm yeah very much backing him to do so um let's go to Stuart who says morning Tom has there been any whispers about Waters and Sosa being considered to step up to the first team more regularly not any more than usual Stuart to be honest there's not really the opportunities right now for those two uh the Carabao Cup draw against Brentford would have been a real frustration I think for Arsenal they would have hoped to get a a lower league opposition side so they can kind of use some of those youth players who knows I've said before that I think I would start more waters actually in this game and give them an opportunity with a semi-strong team. But uh, it's the only way you're going to find minutes at a senior level for these guys. Unless there's kind of a Champions League game where we're already confirmed to be top of the group, maybe that's where we would rotate quite significantly. But uh, there is plans to use them and they are impressing. More so Waters than Sosa now. Waters' name is certainly coming up a lot more than Sosa. But um, yeah, there's hope. There's certainly hope for those players. Uh, Joel NZ says, is there any updates on Gabriel Magalhaes' injury? Of course, Gabriel Magalhaes came off in the game against, uh, was it Bolivia, I think, uh, in their 85th minute. Um, He was seen and pictured with strapping um, and ice around his thigh. Um, And there's been no real talk um, about kind of if it's a, a problem. But uh, I would assume, because there's been very little talk about it, that he is okay. Um, But it was very frustrating to see him come off and have that strapping. He was involved in a bit of an impact injury in the fifth minute, but there's been no words that anything serious has happened, which is hopefully a good sign. Uh, Paul says, Saka was being kicked silly yesterday. Which players on international duty can we least afford to be injured? Well, Saka is definitely up there as one of them. Saliba... And Erdegaard, you know, up there with obviously the most important players in this team. So out of those three, you know, we're hoping that all of them come back um, with, with, you know, cuts and scrapes as an absolute maximum. Uh, you can expect that for players. But uh, yeah, an injury now would be really bad. So let's keep those fingers crossed that everything works out okay. Uh, Sharky says, what's your thoughts on Gareth Southgate? Can he win anything with England? I, I don't have that great of a... Um, 
view of Gareth Southgate. In part, in my opinion, he's cost England a World Cup final. He's cost England a European Championship victory, and is far too passive. And and Arsenal is a ball player, a ball playing manager that knows how to play good football, that knows how to get the best out of the players and the talent that he's got. Because at the moment, the talent that our England have is being utterly wasted. Like you're selecting Harry Maguire over the likes of Akaya Tomori and giving him opportunity. Are you mental? Like, what? I, I get so irritated talking about Gareth Southgate, so I try and avoid it as much as I can because I find it mad, quite frankly, that he is still England manager after, in what my opinion is, a failure during his tenure to reach uh, a World Cup final and to win a Euro champ- European Championship, of which both times England should have done. Uh, Stephen says, uh, morning, Tom. Can Tyler let us know? Can can you let us know? I assume that is where you purchase your Real Oviedo shirt from. Uh, the Real Oviedo Club website. Simple as that. Um, if you go to if you just Google Real Oviedo shop, I'm sure you'll find it. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I got it from. Um, and I make sure Real Oviedo get you know the money for it because uh, they're a club that are very I think like membership driven. So it's always good if you can support those types of clubs. So yeah. Uh, it was officially from their website. Uh, Philip says, um, hey, Tom, I was planning a trip up to London from New Zealand. I'm going to be bringing my grandfather. He was born in London before I sad to lose him. Uh, would you be interested in hooking up for a drink before the game? It's difficult to do that before games, but certainly if it's an early game, I'm usually around afterwards. Um, but uh, before the games, I'm obviously heading into the ground like way early, two hours before. Uh, it's rare that I can ever kind of poke my head in for like five minutes. But if it's an early game and there's a lot of time afterwards, I'm more than happy to to let people know where we're going to be uh, and where the listeners might be congregating after games. So, yeah, drop me a DM, Pierre, uh, Philip, and uh, if I'm ever around, I'll let you know, mate. Uh, Maximir says, hey, Tom, it's mismanagement of players like Pepe and Maitland-Niles, etc., that I hold Edu and the rest are responsible. How on earth i assume that is uh, did he have absolutely no market he's still better than some duds who got sold for 15 plus million maximius you tell me mate because edu did well in getting him a very good loan last season to nice and although he missed a lot of the second half of the season injured he did play a lot of the first half of the season and scored eight goals so i'm not sure where the finger can be pointed at edu especially when he got ainsley maitland niles alone to southampton um, and you remember the Ainsley Maitland-Niles situation, his contract ran out. So it's not like we lost him for nothing and terminated his deal. Maitland-Niles' contract came to an end. So it's very difficult to see an argument why Edu is to blame for these players because A, he's not the one who picks them. B, he sorted out some very decent loans for them. And C, the evidence is against you regarding the market because there is no market. And if there was... There was for players that like Pepe, for instance, who turned down offers from Saudi Arabia, for instance, but there just was not the market for those guys. But again, I reckon um, I reckon if you can come up with a reasoning behind your finger pointing of Edu for that, then I'll listen to it. But at the moment, there is no explanation there that I can see. Um, Easy says, hey, Tom, we need to stop treating players like outcasts before we move them on. Maybe then we can sell a bit better. Uh, well, one of the best sales that we did this summer, following Balogun, we obviously got him a very good loan and he did very, very well. Granite Xhaka played the majority of games last season and we got a very good sale for him. Matt Turner played in the majority of games that he could in the second competition and we got a profit on him. We sent Austin Trusty on loan and we more than trebled what we paid for him. Um, 
in the space of 18 months. We Who else did we see go? Nuno Tavares has gone out on loan with a very good option to buy um, with that £16 million total package. So, and there's others as well. Let me find the others. Uh, Pablo Marie, we had obviously a four £5 million option that was activated. Kieran Tierney, we got around just over a million pounds on that loan deal that will see him come back with two years left on his contract, playing a very good club in Spain. Hopefully that really benefits his value because now he'll be playing. And Marquinhos has gone out to Nantes. Hopefully he's going to get plenty of minutes out there as well. So, yeah, that's it. Maximus says, Tom, didn't we have a chance to sell Ainsley Maitland-Niles a couple of seasons back when we decided we wanted to loan him instead? We ended up running down his contract. Uh, okay, let me just check this before um so uh we rejected a bid of 15 million pounds on the 26th of august for ainsley maitland niles and arsenal valued the player at 20 million pounds so this is where the hypocrisy comes for me because what we do is is we moan that the club don't get good enough fees for their players Arsenal then reject a bid from Wolves in the hope of getting £20 million from Wolves. And then we moan that we didn't do enough to sell the player when we did. You can't have it both ways. You can't moan at the club for not getting good enough fees for their players and then moan that they don't sell the players when they're trying to get good fees for their players. At that time, Ainsley Maitland-Niles was an England international, had helped... Arsenal win a world uh, a World Cup uh, and I helped Arsenal win an FA Cup by playing in that that wing back position as a very uh, versatile player and he was worth about 20 million pounds at that point so when a club came along and offered 15 million pounds we said no and then sadly didn't end up getting the money that we wanted um we're now moaning that we didn't get any money for him but the reality was that Arsenal wanted 20 million pounds instead of 15 million pounds and so yeah, it's frustrating that people forget the kind of the details which matter in the context of those talks. So you can't have it both ways, Maximus, I'm afraid to say. Um, yeah, that's a real shame. But uh, I, I really hope um, we can start to kind of apply the context uh, for players like Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who at the time were worth more. We turned down offers for him thinking he was um, hopefully going to be getting more. But there was an offer, I think... Um, there was a report that suggested that Ainsley Maitland-Niles might be close to moving for like 20 million, but it never happened. Um, there was a lot of talk at the time about a potential deal, but it never it never materialised. There were reports saying he might have been close to moving for 20 million quid, um, but it, it never never happened because they didn't offer the amount of money that Arsenal wanted. Um, Aaron, I don't remember ever us turning down 22 million. If you can find a report from a you know, a place that suggests that we rejected an offer of 22 million, maybe it was 22 million euros at the time. Um, but no, it, we never reached that point. Um, so yeah, look, is it to say that we've always done good deals? Um, Vegas Gunner, uh, he was not sold for 12 million. He was sold for 21 and a half million pounds. Um, got that on very good authority that we made a 21 and a half million pound sale for Xhaka. So if you're looking at the transfer marked uh, valuation of that deal, it's wrong. Um, so just be very well aware that Transmarkt is not always accurate for player sale values. Um, it's, it's it's usually not for some because a lot of deals are undisclosed, so they often have to kind of estimate in terms of certain deals. So yeah, Transmarkt do not have the correct sale price for Xhaka. 
Uh, Front Yard says, Tom, I disagree with you about Maitland-Niles. I remember everyone screaming that we should snatch their hands off for that deal because it was obviously good. I think it was more so that people said that we should be snapping people's hands off for 20 million rather than 15. And that's what Arsenal tried to do. There's a lot of misconceptions about that deal. Uh, and sadly, Wolves never met the valuation that Arsenal wanted. So uh, in the end, he didn't move. Uh, Josh says, hey, Tom, for the January transfer window, which player would you like Arsenal to sign that nobody is talking about? For me, it's Gift Orban. He is a great and brilliant player. I saw him play. Um, I mean, I would have said Sesko, but now everyone's talking about Sesko. You know, I talked about Sesko before he scored that great goal for Slovenia against Sweden the other day, which you probably saw. Uh, he was my one, but now everybody um, is is talking um, about Benjamin Sesko. And uh, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, I really hope that we can get hold of him because he would be fantastic. But uh, yeah, ideally, um, ideally, we would have been in a position whereby uh, we might be able to sign him on the sly before anyone really knew about him. But everyone knows about Benjamin Sesko now. So there you go. Um Question from Trevor says, 12 million is what Roma offered. Did they? Let me have a quick check on that. Um, boom, 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 boom. Uh, it has been stated that uh, Jose Mourinho is now weighing up a summer swoop for Sergino Dest. And the news will come as a blow for Arsenal, who had been hoping Roma would cough up the 12 million pounds for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. So, again, I don't know where people get these misunderstandings about players. Um, it's really frustrating, I guess. It's worth doing a, a bit of researching. It's worth doing a bit of Googling, finding out if what you believed is actually true. So Arsenal were hoping to get 12 million and Roma went elsewhere. So no, there was no offer of 12 million pounds. Um, so yeah. Uh, Maximius says, by the way, Tom, the first thing that crosses my mind when we talk about Pepe is a certain renowned insider saying that Arsenal are ready to sell him for 25 million <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was back in the day. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen in reporting. Um, when me and uh, a former colleague of mine, Bailey Keogh, did an article about how much that we would sell Pepe for uh, two years ago. I think I said, oh, I would sell him for 25 million. And then the amount of outlets that grabbed that and turned it into Football London says that Arsenal are ready to sell for 25. Listen, listen to the conversation. Read the conversation. It was in black and white writing and still people don't get it. So there you go. Uh, Aaron says, I Googled the £22 million thing and I was wrong. At the time, I'm seeing £20 million and we rejected it in The Guardian. Uh, okay, let me have a quick look. Uh, Arsenal, re- let me just type in Arsenal reject £20 million Wolves Maitland-Niles. Let me find it. If I'm wrong, I will hold my hands up. But could you send me a link to the article, please, Aaron? Because I've just typed in Arsenal reject £20 million, um, and I'm not seeing it, mate. It's not coming up. Uh, I've got an article. I've got a article on the 24th of August from the Guardian. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. That says Arsenal's Maitland-Niles set for 20 million pound move. That was on the 24th of August. And then you may notice that if you do a little bit more researching on the 26th of August, two days later, the reports come out that Arsenal rejected a 15 million pound bid for the player. So, as I say, it's worth doing the research. It's worth looking at the dates of when articles go out. It's worth looking at the official information that eventually gets there, Aaron. Uh, so I'd suggest doing that. Um, I'd happily share the screen if you need me to do that. Uh, we can do that. So let's go to... Um, let's share my screen with you guys so you can actually see what I'm talking about when you do the research. Uh, let's go to share. No, not that one. So we literally just Googled 
Um, Wolves offer 22 million Maitland-Niles, which is what someone said in the chat we were offered. The article there that you can see, 24th of August 2020, uh, is one from The Guardian, uh, which you can see there. Uh, Arsenal's Ainsley Maitland-Niles set for 20 million move. 24th of August by Jacob Steinberg. Wolves are in talks to above, uh, about signing Maitland-Niles, who is closing on a £20 million move to Molyneux. Uh, let's go back and type in uh, Wolves offer at 20 million Maitland-Niles. And uh, yeah, there we go. Arsenal reject opening bids of £15 million. Uh, and the date of this Daily Mail article is the 26th of August, two days later. So there you go. There's your evidence right in front of you. <laughs> so I hope that gives you the answer that you were looking for. Um, Lars says, Leno holding Chambers was bad sales slash giveaway since last summer. I think Pepe, I still get how we end up terminating his contract at a bad player and nine goals of half a season. Uh, yeah, some of those deals. So Leno um, was a really bad deal for Arsenal, in my opinion. We absolutely should have got more um, than we got for, for Leno. I think the, the deal can go to something like £9 million in the end, but we got an initial fee of £3 million. The add-ons will take it up to nine. I think it. I think it will probably reach there. He's Fulham's starting goalkeeper. He can't, he helped them stay up in the Premier League last season, which was one of the clauses to up the fee. So I think we will get pretty close to that nine million pounds. I'm hoping that we got a sell-on clause in that as well. Uh, Rob Holding, uh, we ended up getting about three, four million quid with add-ons. I think David Ornstein reported. Um, if he plays enough games, I guess. Again, he had one year left on his deal. It was on deadline day. No one else was in for him. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how you're going to get any more um, for holding and Arsenal needed to move him on to get him off the books. Callum Chambers was a bad deal. Uh, I think we got we, we let him go with six months left on his contract for nothing. I think he doesn't get any money whatsoever. For, we just got the wages off the contract. So that was a bad deal. Um, so, yeah. But uh, in terms of like all the sales that we've made in Arsenal's history, if if we're focusing in on holding Leno and Chambers and we're ignoring Balogun and Xhaka and Turner and Trusty. Um, and we're thinking about the sales of Joe Willock and Emmy Martinez, you know, that got nearly 20 million pounds for him, 25 million pounds for Joe Willock. Alex Awobi, who went for 35 million pounds, has now gone for less to, to Fulham. Um, we've managed to benefit from the Genduzi sale in the end. Over 10 million quid we got from Genduzi because of the sell on clause. Uh, we've got a sell on clause in Mavropanos's deal. Um, it's it's like people pick and choose what they want to talk about. Like I'm more than happy to say that Chambers and Leno and Holding, sure. I, I think Holding is explanatory, to be honest. But Leno and, and Chambers were certainly bad deals. But, you know, Emi Martinez played 12 games for Arsenal at the senior level. And we signed Aaron Ramsdale for, you know, like five, six, seven million quid more than we sold... Um, uh, Emi Martinez for. I think maybe 10 maximum more. And we've got a better goalkeeper out of it, you know? So I don't really get what the the, the frustration, the continuous pointing at Arsenal sales is because Arsenal, in my opinion, do 90% of the time the best what they can do with those situations. So, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I guess people just want to moan, you know, just want to point fingers. But uh, I think we do very well with those deals, actually. Um, uh, Rafu Senex says, you've lost weight, Todd. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that. It's clearly working. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't. I feel like I've uh, I've sweated out everything that I drank last night. To be honest, uh, Yasin says, should Pepe uh, be the last player that we terminate the contract of? Maybe Cedric, potentially Cedric might be the last player. But beyond that, yeah, I don't think we should be allowing ourselves to be in situations anymore where we have to terminate deals. It's just yeah, frustrating. Very frustrating indeed. Um, Martinez is better than Ramsdale. They don't win the World Cup without him. He won us the FA Cup. Um, let's have a quick look at CIES goalkeeper evaluations. Uh, let's go to value. Can we do goalkeepers? Um, I'm sure that Ramsdale was rated as the best. Yes, top 10 most valuable goalkeepers in the world. Um Top of the list is Aaron Ramsdale and Juan Luigi Donnarumma. This article was, when was this? 2013, July. So the end of last season. At the end of last season, Aaron Ramsdale was valued as the most valuable goalkeeper in the world with 79 million euros. Donnarumma was the next with 75. Alison Becker, 67. Diego Costa, 65. Edison, 57. Thibaut Courtois, 52. Gregor Kobel, 48, Jan Oblak, 40, Andre Anana, 37, and Alex Mere, 36. Does anyone know who is missing from that list of players? And this data is put together by CIS, who are one of the best data collection sites out there in terms of assessing and analysing goalkeepers and their contributions to their teams, both statistically and with the important eye test. They take that into account, people. Um, and uh, certainly... With a goalkeeper like Ramsdale, for me, we made the right choice. Not only that, but we've been able to bring in David Rea as well. We've put ourselves in a position where we, we've got two two goalkeepers that are better than Emi Martinez. And uh, just remember who it was that got Arsenal those three points at Aston Villa last season. And uh, let me tell you that Emi Martinez wanted a move last summer. And I don't see any clubs of the stature of Arsenal coming in for Emi Martinez right now. I don't know about you but I don't see it. That said, what you might see is you might see Emi Martinez pick up the Yashin Award because he won the World Cup and we know how much of a weight that places on certain trophies. So don't be surprised if uh, Emi Martinez ends up winning that because obviously with the World Cup trophy, I mean, Argentina have had historically a terrible group of goalkeepers to choose from and they are so thankful that they have a Premier League level goalkeeper, which Emi Martinez is in that group. So, uh, yeah, that's that's very, very funny indeed. Um, <laughs> looking back at that list of players, Nemi's not even there. Um, let's go to uh, Gunners Forever says, have you heard about Trossard not being happy for the lack of game time he's getting? Uh, no, I think he did an interview where he said he understood why he wasn't getting the amount of game time. Um, so maybe you go back and have a read of those quotes. Uh, again, worth Googling uh, and checking on those quotes because the, the quotes certainly were quotes around why he was he knew why he wasn't getting minutes and he knew that he was going to get more minutes uh later on down the line um let's go to cj dan says i ain't buying valuations on that rubbish ramsdale's better than allison no world where that ever happens you have to remember that allison is obviously significantly older uh than uh than ramsdale is five years older so that plays a part in the valuation emmy martinez is what how old how old is emmy martinez he is 31 now you know so fairly old himself um but certainly 
for me, Ramsdale is the better goalkeeper of the two. And uh, we ended up after like 12, 12 senior grain games getting close to 20 million quid for him that we've then used really, really well to invest in a goalkeeper that's going to be playing you know, a lot longer at the top level now than, than Emi Martinez will over the course of his career. You know, Emi Martinez was, what, 20? No, 20, yeah, 28, 29 when he got into the senior side at Arsenal when he started playing. Ramsdale's been playing at the top level since he was, what, 22, 23, and is now at the age of 20, yeah, when he was 23, moved to Arsenal and became their number one at the age of 23. It took Martinez until he was 29 to get into a starting position, well, 28 until he was in a starting position at Arsenal, went out on a lot of loans um, to the Championship, to Spain. Uh, yeah, it's night and day for me. Like, you're talking about a player that's six years younger and is already showing, for me, a better level than a player that, you know, is now 31. So I think that kind of seals that argument quite nicely. Um, Nathan says, Trossard must look at Havertz in the eight position and be thinking that he could do a lot better. Yeah, I think most players probably, you know, look at players playing in their position that think they can do a lot better than who's playing there. Trossard, if you remember, started uh, against um, Fulham and was really quite poor, Nathan. Like, he really did have a bad game against Fulham. Um, Worse than Havertz, that game. So, it's difficult to kind of assess players on such short spaces of time. And that's why I'm not judging Trossard on his only start this season and I would be happy to see Trossard come in and start plenty of games this season because I give those players time um, but yeah he wasn't good in that game um, but you're right he will be looking at Havertz and think I could be doing better because that's the attitude of footballers that's what they will be thinking so yeah there you go anyway we've been going on a lot longer than I thought I was going to be this morning um, so do drop a like on the video do subscribe to the channel if you're new it would be very much appreciated uh, I hope you have a fantastic end to your weekends I'll be joining you tomorrow morning and of course starting this evening is the Gooners Pods 27 hour podathon so make sure that you do start to tune in over on the gooners pods uh, if you want to go back a couple of days and get the links full of that it'll also be on the gooners pod twitter account as well so make sure that you go and have a look at that it starts at i want to say six i think six um six o'clock tonight uk time maybe seven go make sure you check it out some amazing guests they kick off with gab marcotti and julian Laurent. so make sure you go and give that a watch from this evening and it'll be running all the way through until uh, tomorrow night. No, later than that. Maybe Tuesday, some ridiculous time. Um, but yeah, there's 27 hours worth of podcast happening. So make sure you go and check it out. It's certainly going to be worth it. Have a great day, people. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe, stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.